I'm pretty happy that our first comment didn't just like condemn us to hell. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> So today, our topic of discussion is, what is a Muslim? What is a Muslim? <laughs> Very good wow. question. We, sh- we sure we can do this in like 40 minutes? <laughs> Let's give it a try. <laughs> we'll, we'll try. <laughs> so the topic is based on a comment that we got on iTunes Podcasts, but from maybe our only listener, guys. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, the, the person uh, named themselves L Borderline MC, so the Pro Borderline Muslim. We Could really like that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. All of us. thank you. Thank you, thank you for you that uh, nice name. Love you. Yeah. So uh, this listener left a uh, comment question, and uh, we decided that like it was a good topic yeah. to, to go into, because I think uh, what the listener described is probably something a lot of other listeners, if they even exist, will probably be worried about. Yeah. Uh, so the, the question, um, I'm, I'm going to just paraphrase it because it was uh, rather long. Uh, is basically that this person, you know, was listening to our other podcast and, and thought, well, there seems to be a lot of rules, you know, conventional rules in Islam that aren't being followed, like drinking and uh, homosexuality and abortion, which actually I'll, uh, I'll talk about later, which is like abortion is actually widespreadly seen as like mostly halal, actually. So, uh, yeah, but um, <laughs> which we'll talk about in another episode. But, but the idea of the... Uh, of the question was basically that like where do you draw the line between like what makes you a Muslim and what doesn't make you a Muslim? How many sins, whatever sins are, can you commit before uh, you know you can call yourself a Muslim? And you're dragged down to hell under their weight. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I, I guess what what we can do is we can each give like our own answer to that question. Uh, we're going to be discussing like a research paper that my dad actually sent me. So thanks, Dad. <laughs> Magellan and Duchess are very happy. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, Duchess, do you want to maybe answer the question first? Okay. So, and like, I really do appreciate this uh, question slash comment because it is something that I'm sure we ourselves have also struggled with. Um, because again, as if you, you know, listen to our other podcasts and our profiles and stuff, we all grew up in relatively, you know, conservative areas, and me especially, like, I grew up in a like, conservative household, so um, a lot of these rules, you know, these black and white rules were, like, drilled into me, and um, so to me, what is a Muslim is, I was always also raised with the idea that, um, like, you don't get to judge who a Muslim is, like, us as people do not get to judge whether or not other people are Muslim, like, um, like when people if they say that they're muslim like you can't go up to them and say like no you're not muslim because you did this or that or whatever right um but that like always like that i i understand it but always like sometimes parts of it didn't sit well with me because you know there's all these like terrorists who are self-proclaimed muslims as well and i would like talk to my islamic teachers and be like okay they say that they're muslim but they're doing all these things that are like clearly against like basically everything that people believe like in like humanity like as moral and ethical grounds as well as like in islam so that was also like a, con- a 
problem with me. So I think it just comes down to I believe that every person gets to define like what they think they should do and what they think is right to follow. And, you know, a lot of people don't agree with that because they're like, okay, but like it's a religion for a reason and they have rules for a reason. Like you have to follow them and that's what makes you, you know, a follower of that religion. But at the same time, there are a lot of things that don't like work for people or like the interpretations of people throughout the years, like many, many years have like become muddled and like are just like not ethically or morally sound. So, you know, I choose to not go by some of those things. And for me, I'm fine with that. And if you're not, well, unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> We're all unlucky compared to <laughs> Um Magellan, do you want to give a response? Okay. Uh, this is a, by the way, this is a luxury. We won't be doing this for every comment in the future if we get yeah. if we get more listeners. We we're only just had doing, one. So. <laughs> we're just doing this because Al Borderline MC was our first commenter. Yeah, really yeah. Flattered. It's a special. And it was a good comment. Not that other good. comments aren't good, but like this is. Well, important. we haven't gotten others, but you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something that. I personally have struggled with before. I think we all have. Yeah. 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 If, if you've heard uh, my introductory episode or the first episode of the podcast, I've mentioned how I used to be kind of a quote-unquote conservative-leaning Muslim. And I had a very black and white view of what Islam was in terms of what I would practice, what I wouldn't practice. But So I'm going to deal with this in two ways. One, I'm going to deal with kind of the idea of sinning and being a Muslim and the second part I'm going to deal with what really constitutes a sin. So taking the idea of whether drinking beer, homosexuality, and abortion are sins or not out of the question, I'm going to look at what, you know, what is a Muslim? How can you identify as a Muslim? I believe that in the Quran, it's explicitly stated that anyone who believes the basic tenet that, you know, Allah is the only God and Muhammad is his messenger is someone who can be identified as a Muslim. So I don't think the sins you commit sins, quote-unquote, sins you commit, whether they are sins or not, would really change the fact that you still believe in that. And I think that that still makes you a Muslim. And coming on to Dasha's point where she said that, you know, the terrorists, uh, the terrorists that were saying that, oh, it's a big, it's a big argument from a lot of Muslims who live in the Western world where we're like, yeah, they're not real Muslims. They're not doing what are, what are, what are the essential the, the tenets, tenets, yeah. Yeah. And, the tenets and ethical guidelines of Islam. But the thing is, it goes both ways. I believe that if I choose to identify as a Muslim, despite not following the traditional rules, a lot of the traditional rules that are prescribed in the Quran or the Hadith, and I consider myself a Muslim because of that, then I also have to accept that these people, no matter how wrong they are, no matter how bad they are, the fact that they believe in the God as they believe in the basic Iman makes them Muslim as well. Yeah, they might not be the greatest people. No. They might not be the greatest Muslims, but they're still Muslim. Mm -hmm. And kind of the escapist argument where you're like, you know, they're not Muslim, so that's not something we should worry about. Is, is it kind of invalidates a lot of other people who are on the fringes on more of the progressive side who want to say that, yeah, we're Muslims, but we don't agree with kind of the conservative mainstream. So that's what I believe constitutes being a Muslim. And on the other side with the sins. So this is, uh, there's a modern movement that's going on called progressive Islamism. And it's, uh, it's, it's been grown through the work of many scholars Scholar, many of those scholars who exist, uh, who basically lived a long time ago and whose works are now recently being reevaluated. 
And a lot of modern day scholars who are, a lot of them who are women, who are homosexual, who are not traditional male straight Muslims. And this stream of Islam believes in interpretive, in different interpretations and looking at uh, looking at the different parts of Islam from a con- from different contexts and from a different understanding of it. So it looks at it kind of from a perspective, from a 2018 perspective rather than from something that's 1400 years ago. And it kind of adjusts a lot of the rules according to that. And it looks at the linguistics behind the uh, linguistics in the Quran or the Hadith. So a large part of this movement are also skeptical, more skeptical about Hadith they are more careful about which hadith to believe and which not to believe. And I personally, that was basically one of my first steps to embracing progressive Islam, whereas I looked at kind of the hadith process and I personally found it very, in, I, I didn't find it a reliable process, a process to record historical information. So I think there are a lot of nuances there that you need to really consider before you can kind of identify sins and Muslims or bad Muslims. Mm. Ernest, I'll hand over the mic Hi. to you. Hi, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. I, I mean, my my definition is a little different. Um, the way I see, like, Islam is, is probably very different to, like, the way most people see Islam. I, I actually don't agree with the um, assumption in the, in the comment that was, like, you know, how many sins can you commit? Like, I don't believe the defining factor yeah. is that number. And um, actually, you know, one thing I find pretty powerful is like every, like while you're praying, you know, every rakah you, you say the Fatiha. Yeah. And part of the Fatiha is, uh, you know, you say, mm-hmm. which is basically like, God guide me to the correct path. Mm-hmm. And I always found it interesting that there was never a statement, right, that ever said that like I was on the right path. Right? You were always like, you're always asking God to like guide you towards there. So, like, for me, being a Muslim is trying. Yeah. Trying to be a good person. And I actually, the, the reason I don't like the kind of sins and, and rules view is that it's, it's very fearful, A. Like, it, it makes you go about life in, like, a fearful perspective. And B, I feel it's very reductionist. It, it makes, you know, Islam, like, a, a set of rules that's no different than, like, a legal code. But, but, that, but like, I don't view it that way, you know? Like, yeah, like, maybe Islam is, you know, has these rules that are, like, good and productive for society. But I don't think that those are the, you know, the be-all or end-all of Islam. I think, like, if you're trying to be a good person, then, then you are a Muslim. And, you know, these quote-unquote sins that are in black and white actually aren't that black and white to begin with. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's always lots of interpretations. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, you know, I found it the contrary. Like, I was in the opposite position of the person asked the question. I felt that, like, I, I would be disrespecting the religion if I felt that, you know, I wasn't committing these sins and trying to, like, figure my shit out, right? Yeah. Like, if I was just accepting and doing all of these, like, black and white rules, like, okay. Mindlessly. Yeah, yeah. mindlessly. Like, what does that mean? I think try your best, and if you're trying to be a good person, and you want to call yourself a Muslim, you can call yourself a Muslim, as long as you're trying. Uh, a really super quick side note is that just, I was like walking down the street and you know those people who like pass out flyers about like Jesus and stuff? Yeah. Um, I like stopped to like talk to this person because um, I was like curious. I'm like, well, like you yeah. know, they, it was cold, you know, yeah. like, they must really be committed to what they're doing mm, to yeah. be standing yeah. there passing out these things, right? So I was like, okay, cool. Like, let me listen to this guy, right? And 
like this person asked me like what faith do I believe in right and I was like yeah I'm, I'm Muslim you know I believe in the Islamic faith and they're like okay can you tell me a little bit about it right and so I was just telling him the way that I interpret it is that like you should always try to be a good person at the end of the day you know like whether or not you follow every single thing that is outlined in like all of the writing and however it is interpreted and he was like he was like, he was like, yeah, I think that's like the difference between Christianity and Islam is that like, you know, you just, you just can't just be a good person and go to heaven. Like you have to like, you have to atone for all your sins. And I was like, oh, okay. oh man. <laughs> I was like, all right, bye, bye. bye. I got a lot bye. of sins. But bye. it is, a, but it is a, a certain Christian argument. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, and sorry, that's I, yeah. just a quick side note. So, one thing as well I want to point out about the drinking thing because that was kind of maybe referred to me. Yeah, because, well, we yeah. all know what the other comments yeah. are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the um, drinking thing, I think this is one thing that I look at from the Quranic perspective where it said that intoxicants are frowned upon essentially yeah. rather than saying that they're yeah. prohibited. Yeah. Like it's, be wary. Yeah, be wary. be wary. I mean, I think we should do another episode. About where we, like like dissecting. Maybe yeah. these like different rules. Yeah. I yeah. think right now what we'll, we'll try to do is just kind of stick with like a general view. Yeah. But like, yes, I, I agree that that's something uh, for like the homosexuality thing. Mm-hmm. I would also just like to make a quick side note, um, which is that like if you're if you're like a Muslim, you believe that God sent down Islam for all of like humanity, mm-hmm. and as a person who doesn't believe that they, you know, picked their sexuality, I just I never got the memo in where I wasn't included in humanity, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. So um, uh, just for like future listeners, uh, I would personally really appreciate, you know, I I appreciate everyone's opinions, and you can definitely think what I'm doing is wrong, and you know, power to you, but like. Um, I do want to just know that I do see myself as a Muslim and don't try to take that identity like off of me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. Thanks, Ajala. All right. Well, uh, I think we can start getting into into the uh, research paper. Yeah. So my dad sent me this research paper. Uh, It was published in the Global Economy Journal uh, by two. by two researchers at George Washington University. And basically, the, the, so the title of the paper is How, How Islamic Are Islamic Countries? And uh, this is a really interesting paper because it goes in uh, to like a lot of details dealing with uh, you know, what are actually like firm Islamic tenets and rules, things that were actually said explicitly, right? So like Magellan was bringing up how like Drinking isn't really, you know, said as like specifically haram. Uh, you know, homosexuality isn't specifically said as like, haram. Abortion isn't, except you know, all all of these like rules that we actually see as like the really strict rules aren't actually ever explicitly said. And we'll we'll talk about that in another episode. Quranically, they're not said. Quranically, they're not said. The the caveat here is in certain hadith. That's where they've basically been explicitly said. To where we should be more. Where we should, we should have yeah, yeah. We should have more scrutiny on exactly. those whether they're legitimate. Because Islamically, the Quran is absolute. Yeah. Essentially, it's absolute. It's the word of God, but the hadith is really not. Hadith. Yeah. Yeah. But but there are some fundamental Islamic rules that are very clear. Yeah. Right. Things like murdering. Like that's yeah. <laughs> you get murder people. And, and and but like there's also like the exceptions to that. Like if yeah. you're you know being attacked by somebody in self defense, like there's extenuating circumstances to everything. Well, the thing is, is that. These rules actually have a lot to do with, you know, legal systems, have to do with human rights, have to do with the economy. So 
this paper is basically going goes into all of those uh, items and makes a variety of like uh, indices and then weighs lots of countries whether they identify as you know Muslim countries or not against what they call an Islam an Islamicity index and the Islamicity index is made up of like four other indexes which have to do with the economy and uh, and legalities and human rights and, and equality um, and uh, and global affairs as well. Sorry, yeah, two of two of those were the same. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I'm just gonna like go into a quick summary, if you guys don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah of, of just like uh, the Islamic teachings that they kind of discuss. So one thing they talk about are the uh, kind of like four major parts of Islam, like the four fundamental concepts. The first is walaya, which is uh, basically love manifested through knowledge, which I thought was very nice. Mm -hmm. uh, the second concept is karama, which is human dignity, and, you know, uh, part of human dignity as well as, like, giving people free choice. And uh, a well-known verse in the Quran that's translated here is that there should be no compunction in religion, which basically means there should be no guilt in choosing religion. So there's even freedom yeah. in, in religious choice, uh, which is important. There's khalifa, which is agency uh, trusteeship. Uh, they define it as, which is, you know, empowerment of humans by their creator as agent trustees to extend wilaya. And then the final thing is al-adl, uh, which is justice. And, uh, you know, that's ethical and moral values as well as economic justice and, and varying, you know, other indicators. And, uh, you know, the, the paper goes on to, to create indices. Uh, we'll post a link to the paper in show notes. Um, the paper is from 2010, so certain things will uh, be outdated in terms of like the the indices. Yeah, and, and but we'll the... we'll talk about that a little yeah, bit as well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, all in all, I thought that the results were very interesting. Yes, <laughs> very, <laughs> very, um, and very unexpected, and very unexpected. Uh, the methodology I thought was pretty solid, uh, but you know, there's always room for improvement, yeah. and uh, we'll we'll discuss those things. Um, and please go have a look at the actual um, principles that they put as part of the indices so that you can, you know, really understand what they were measuring and how they were measuring it. Um, and this is very empirical. Yes. They've given it a scale, they've given yeah. it numbers, and they've, they have not left any room for... Yeah. To, to maybe fiddle with the numbers or to fiddle with the interpretations of those numbers. I, I mean, yeah, they did it empirically and they yeah. got results. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Now there was probably an expectation, <laughs> as there always is, but uh, the results were interesting. So maybe let's get into that. Fasten your seatbelts, folks. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> Drum roll. Drum roll. Let's describe the OECD and the OECD. Yeah, so, so OECD countries uh, rank the highest. OECD countries are effectively developed countries, which include countries like Australia, Canada, the U.S., France, basically North America and, and, and Europe. Europe. <laughs> uh, and that's a really surprising... And Australia. Uh, yes, yeah, Australia. No, North America. Europe. North America, Europe, and Australia. Australia. And New Zealand. And New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand's yeah. important, actually, because New Zealand... Is the number is, one <laughs> country on the Islamicity <laughs> Index. Yeah, New Zealand won. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so, so these OECD countries, they perform the highest. Uh, High-income countries are the next grouping. After that, uh, we have upper-middle-income, you know, basically we see it as, like the as the income increases in a lot of these countries, which basically suggests, you know, less corruption and better, you know, economic yeah. practices. Uh, you know, th their, their score goes up. The thing is, is that countries that identify themselves as Islamic countries 
or as countries where Islam is the state religion, perform incredibly poorly. They are the second last in general uh, <laughs> of any of the subgroups that you know <laughs> that you'll see. And um, so, so now, now this is this is the point where we we're all dancing and saying, <laughs> "I told you so." Another interesting thing you see is the the countries that are skewed near the top are countries which have adopted a democratic socialist model yes, of too. governance or of of their society. Mm-hmm. And so the U.S. is not near the top. You, well, no, it's near the top. It's it is near, near the, the top, top, but it's not. It's twenty. It's not the top. Yeah. It's yeah. not the top. It's the twenty. It's lower than you would think, think. like comparative yeah. to the other countries. When you're yeah. thinking OECD, you're thinking, oh, you know, a rich country is going to be at the top. You're thinking the U.S. is going to be at the top, but no, no, it's not countries true. like yes. New Zealand, Luxembourg, Denmark, yeah. Canada. Canada was was number seven. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Which is great, because seven is a lucky number. <laughs> and maybe it vindicates, to an extent, our choice of uh, location uh, maybe, of this podcast. Maybe just a little. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the U.S. was 25th. Uh, the UAE, which, you know, uh, in, in my profiles where I grew up, was 66th. Saudi Arabia, where Duchess grew up, was 131st but, out of but, 208 countries. But the rest of the countries where we're from are lower than that. So. Yes. Yes, so so Bangladesh is 100 and is the 152nd country out of 208. And my, you know, my my country Lebanon is 158. I found that a little surprising I did find because that surprising. I thought Lebanon was more like, you know, in terms of religious freedoms they had I, I don't like honestly you guys tell me some stuff about Bangladesh and I'm like like Lebanon's bad. Yeah. But you know, but probably that you know, seems bad. But but you know, the index is, is an impartial index. Because yeah. like it's surprising too, because like the way that their government is formulated as well, it has like equal, yeah. equal like yeah, so uh, supposedly the, equal. They, yeah, you know, there, there might be there might Separation. be yeah. I mean, we we do have some some rights that are you know that we're we're given to you know women and and yeah. even uh, part, members of the gay community recently. So. Yeah. I, I guess surprising. Yeah, maybe I, it was recent. Maybe there, if we recalculated it now, it would be maybe, different. maybe. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We we have a lot of corruption, and we have a lot of interference from foreign governments like yes. Saudi Arabia yes, and like definitely. Iran. Iran is lower on the list, etc. We don't so, have that as much, so I think that exactly. That so that so that might also play a role. Yeah, India yeah. has meddled, but nah. mm. let's let's leave that for. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know. So like, I saw this list, and I was like. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> Gotta move to New Zealand, guys. That's the yeah. place to be. There are more goats than people in New Zealand, just well, as an aside. Well, maybe goats are just more, more, more Muslim. Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they don't eat pork. They just eat grass. True. <laughs> maybe the vegan lifestyle is the maybe, way to go. <laughs> maybe. Duchess can. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like, I... So, yeah. So, I think one thing that's very interesting about this is... We're really conditioned, growing up, to think of a Muslim country looks like Saudi Arabia. Yeah. A lenient Muslim country looks like the UAE. Mm-hmm. And that, like, the UAE is basically, like, catering to expats. And, uh, and like, yes, it is. But it turned out that, like, catering to expats was actually a really good decision. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I find it interesting that the countries that are closer to the top they can drink in these countries. Uh, they the have just legalized. Same-sex marriage the, is legalized in yeah. most of them. Uh, most of them. The, I'm pretty sure. You know, women's rights are significantly better in these yeah. countries. You know, like, it, it's just, it's, 
so counterintuitive to what you've been taught, but when you look at it objectively, it makes so much sense yes. that these countries act, you know, more Muslim. Like it's just it's it's really surprising. And if you look at uh, if you look at kind of the progressive, more modernist approach to Islamic interpretation, it fits in with this 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 empirical evidence. Like it proves a point that you know, a progressive modernist interpretation of Islam might be the way to go for yeah, modern yeah. Muslims. But see, like, the thing is also is that, like, from what I have studied on my own of the Islamic religion, everything that I have, like, gleaned from it supports this empirical evidence as well. Mm. Just, like, equity and, like, equality, equality, like, economic love, prosperity, love, justice. like, justice. Like, all of this stuff is, like, Yes, makes complete sense, right? So when you're growing up in one of these quote-unquote, like, you know, countries that classify themselves as Muslim countries or countries that people see as Muslim countries, and you see that this is not the case, like, this is not the way that they are operating under, you know? And you're like, well, well, why, you know? And, yeah. <laughs> and, like, the rest of the world is like, oh, but, like, that's a Muslim country and you guys are so backwards. And I'm like, but, hello, your country scored higher on the Islamicity scale, yeah. so you guys are also more Muslim. Because, like, again, going back to the fact is that interpretation is very key, and a lot of these countries use the religion as a form of, like, like power, right? Like, they keep, they use all these, like, warped rules, or, like, what they see as the rules, to keep the power into, like, in their country, to just, like, put people down, because they're mean. Yeah, yeah, I think it actually kind of goes back as well to the, the comment that we were discussing, right? Yeah. These rules that like we're told are like the important rules like don't drink don't eat pork yeah you know these rules clearly don't matter <laughs> you know what like objectively what do they mean you know when when we think about what is the actual purpose of a religion that puts so much emphasis on society and community mm -hmm. it's obviously better societies and better communities where people can really, you know, have great opportunities to yeah. produce... Do whatever they want. And do what... Yeah, to, to like, do what they want. good things. Yeah, good things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, so it's like... So you see, you know, like, you see, like, okay, so this is the purpose. And, like, so I'm supposed to help humanity by, like, not... not drinking a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> right? Like, that's the... <laughs> see, but this is also an interesting thing. Most, most young Muslims, I like, most Muslims I know who drink... They drink, but when it comes to pork, they're like, oh, no, nah, not no. touching that. But if you think of it from a societal perspective, alcohol and alcoholism have have tremendous negative societal effects, alcoholism particularly. Yeah. yeah. But pork, <laughs> what is eating pork really? Like, how is it really affecting I, society? I, I, like, 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 there's, we're going to get, like, if we have more listeners, yeah. we're going to get a comment. I promise you, that's going to be like, a, a pig eats its own shit but see fine yeah you're putting that shit in your body but how are you affecting society uh, no. negatively I, th I, I think mcdonald's would be worse <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i i like i i think i i, I don't know how to kind of <clears throat> look at all of those rules individually yeah but we'll touch on the main ones throughout yeah. our throughout our podcast but like the point stands mm -hmm. which is we have all of these rules all these small little rules and we're taught that these are the rules that matter. Mm. But, like, we're never going to get all of these rules right. No. But we can clearly get some things right. Like, we can, for example, have equal pay for equal work. We can help women, for example, in, like, 
producing certain, you know, uh, legal and you know economic benefits yeah. so that they're on, so that they aren't disadvantaged in the workplace for you know bearing children mm -hmm. like there's lots of things that these countries do that other countries can do yeah. and in the meantime you know we're acting as if like Egypt and, and Saudi Arabia and, and Lebanon <laughs> are like better pinnacles of society and of Islamic faith and of Islamic faith and they're just they're not it's incorrect and the thing is is that Anyone who's lived there and witnessed, like, what actually happened there would have been able to tell you that from the beginning. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. we all, we're just like, hello, yes, like, 100% yeah. this makes sense. Because, like, even just from, like, like a rational standpoint, like, like, an ethical, moral standpoint, when you look at, like, the teachings of Islam or, like, any religion for that matter, they're, they're not going to tell you to, like... Like, make women cover up everything. Like, they can't be seen outside. They can't drive. Like, what the hell? Like, that doesn't make sense. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the fact... And, like, when I bring this up with other people, I, like, tell them, like, okay, but, like, look at all these other countries. They're, like, doing fine with all... Like, they're doing well. Mm. Like, like mm. even before, like, before I read this study, this research paper, like, you can... Like, it's it's quite visible to see that these countries are doing well economically, like like socially you know and like all this other stuff and so when i tell people from back home i'm like yeah like we could just like have like let women work wherever they want to work you know yeah. if they're qualified you know pay them the same like do all this whatever and they're like yeah but like then all the money is gonna go or like we're gonna lose all of our jobs i'm like all the money is gonna go yeah, how do they think economies work honestly <laughs> honestly some of these people just like mm. I don't even know what to call them, but like... Well, you know, to, to be fair to them, I, I think we do need to be fair. It's education like, is important. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to, to like, live in these countries and, you and know... And not think that. I, and not think yeah. that. You know, like, you know, you you're, you have job, you have your job and you have kids and, and you have to pay your mortgage and you can't get your mortgage properly because you have to use Islamic banking and so they're oh. using some weird like you know <laughs> interest-free no, calculations. Interest calculations where you're basically paying interest but you're not paying actual yeah. interest yeah <laughs> it's the thought that counts I don't guys. understand that honestly like you I know, really don't I, it's just I think it's so demonstrative like even actually you know why do we talk about uh, interest because okay. that's you know an economic variable can I say something before that though is that like it's like everyone it's clear to see that like people who are not in a, like that much of a disadvantaged position will have a more difficult time of seeing like the other point of view like seeing a yeah. change happen because they will see it as like some of their advantages going away mm. which may or may not be true but even if it is true it just means that other people will get advantages and everyone will be on the same playing field you know and that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just something that people have to adjust to mm. so i think the fact that all of us are like relative minorities in like conservative countries because like i'm a woman this is gay and magellan is a progressive muslim <laughs> in a conservative society and yeah. like we were able to see that you know a lot of these disadvantages that are occurring in this country like shouldn't be happening you know and so for us it was easy to see these kinds of things and we just want to like fix it yeah and one thing i want to point out is you think a lot of people a lot of maybe older conservative listeners or even some of our parents would say, oh, this Islamist, Islamism scale or whatever. Index. Is, index is something that these modern, like, modern uh, Muslims are coming up with to try and justify liberalism, blah, blah, blah. But this isn't a modern phenomenon. One of a very prominent Egyptian scholar uh, from, the 19th, from the late 19th century, Muhammad Abdu, 
he has a very famous quote that I've actually heard since I was very young that my uncle would always tell me. It said, and his quote is, I went to the West and saw Islam, but no Muslims. I got back to the East and saw Muslims, but no Islam, but not Islam. This is, it's, it's very, it's very illuminating. It is, it is. I, I, I think it's just like, we, it's like we were too busy focusing on what we call things. Yeah. And like, what like these little details are. And like, we've, like, we, we, we're not seeing the forest through the trees. Exactly. Right? Like, there's a big picture, and then there's like, these dumb little things. <laughs> dumb little things. You know, like, so you need to charge interest. Because when you're a bank and you need to give a mortgage, you need to charge interest. But like the fact that you're, you know, you know, putting it on some type of commodity, yeah, and then it's just effectively interest, but you haven't called it interest. The fact that that's like the way Islamic banks work, like that's dumb. It is, you know, and and the fact that, you know, you see these societies here, they have interest, and uh, you know, New Zealand obviously has banks that are going to charge you interest, yeah. but like the fact that they charge you interest, but you see overall the economy is like working towards your uh you know your your economic equity yeah well that's the point not you know not that i'm charging you 2.7 per five percent when you use your visa card yeah you know like that doesn't matter imagine yeah. a government trying to rein in the economy without interest it's, just, like, it's, 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 it's impossible you can't have any economic regulations without any control on interest interest or, rates like, or, yeah like it's just it's it's funny because I don't think that that's the actual, like, the point of Islamic banking. And, uh, you know, a family friend of, 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 our, of ours was, was telling us this. He's like, the point of, like, economics is, like, the efficient, you know, the efficiency of markets. But the point of, like, Islamic bank, banking, of, like, an Islamic economy is, uh, you know, eradicating poverty. And the fact that, like, eradicating poverty just seems to be done better in these Western countries where they're charging interest and like that's all fine (laughs) it's just it's it just it goes to show that these rules we've been taught for like you know all our lives that these are the black and white rules that these aren't actually the black and white rules because if these were the black and white rules we couldn't achieve the like the big goal yeah of, of islam so you know fuck the rules you know, these small little rules. Let's reassess them. Who the fuck set them anyways? Yeah. And then let's just try to achieve the actual purpose. And yeah, let's just try. Because trying is being Muslim, right? That's what I said. And and I think that what a lot of Muslims kind of look over and what they don't focus on nowadays, like I don't know about Muslims before again. I'm talking about from my own experiences, but... I feel like we're too literal and we're too specific. We want to do the little specifics right. We try and yeah. do those small little points, but we forget the bigger picture yeah. so often. Yeah. Well, maybe let's discuss that after the break. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So yeah. we're gonna. Can I also, can I, well, first, can I just make one like like if if doing the little things makes you feel better or like makes you feel at peace or whatever like makes you feel like a muslim then whatever like live your life you know yeah what I do mean? it good for you yeah good for you you know but just like people who who don't maybe, judge other people yeah just don't judge other people like that's like and that's also like a main tenet of being a muslim yeah. you know like you're not supposed to like judge other people for whatever you know to each his own teach yeah. to his or, or, own. Her own. or her own or their, or their own. own or their own we don't know non-binary genders yes. are a thing all right. Well, let's take a let's take a quick break. Okay. And uh, we'll be right back.
now we're going to start a very interesting segment that we hope we can continue sometimes. It's funny stories from our teachers. And by teachers, our, our Islamic, Islamic teachers. teachers. teachers yes. So, Duchess has a very funny story oh, from when gonna, she was five. We're going to start with mine. Yeah. All right. So, like, as, like, growing up, I had, like, multiple different Quran teachers who would come to our house and would teach us the Quran. Or, like, we would basically just, like, read the Quran, like, to them, and they would, like, correct us and stuff, right? And they would help with memorization and stuff and meaning. Um, so, when I was, like, very young, we had a guy who was, like, a close family friend. And then before we moved to, like, a different place, we had a guy who was, like, not a close family friend. Like, he was all right. But he, I remember very vividly him telling me, that um, he was like, he was like, you know, non-Muslims, they go to hell immediately when they die. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was wow. five years old at the time, by the way. My best friend at the time was this Scottish girl. Okay, non-Muslim. I mean, actually, you can't assume that she's non-Muslim. But, like, she was non-Muslim. Okay. And I literally cried for, like, a solid 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, my gosh. My best friend is not going to be with me in heaven. I'm going <laughs> to cry so thing. much. And... And he was like, he was like, why are you crying? And I was like, yeah, because my friend, you know, she's not going to be there. And and he was like, you shouldn't be friends with people who are not Muslim. And I was like, what? And then, like, that's literally what I thought for, like, a solid period of time until I got a new Quran teacher. And he was like, yo, that's not how that's it is. That's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Magellan, do you have a good one? So my guy, same. He used to come to my house. He would read Quran together and he would uh, give me... Bengali translations of the specific ayats and tell me what they meant. So we were reading this one part and he was telling me how, oh, when you go to heaven, you know, anything you wish for will just show up beside you. You know, if you wish for a lake of, if you wish for a river of wine, it would show up. So these these teachers, I realized that while they're very anti-alcohol and anti-sin in real life, when in, they in think, heaven, it's good. It's all good. Like they, they want all of that shit. In well, I mean, in heaven, you have nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> There's no cars. <laughs> <laughs> See, the sin, the, losing the sin takes a lot of the flavor out of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so going back to the story, he was telling me that anything you wish for will show up. And he was like, yeah, if, you know, someone you know didn't end up making it to heaven, like you could pull them in with the force of your wishes. And I was like, oh, you know, even because at that time I was very young and I was brainwashed into thinking that, uh, you know, non-Muslims are basically meant for hell. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, even the non-Muslims who can't go to heaven? And then the guy was like, immediately, you see his face? And he's like, oh, no, no, you can get anyone to hell except heaven except them. Except and I was just like, oh, oh. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I think that kind of started my downhill spiral from, yeah. from my peak Islamicity. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've had teachers that have, like, said, said similar things to me, uh, too. Um, one thing that, like... I remember that was like really big for like my so w one year my Islamic teacher was the same as my Arabic teacher but we had a kid in the class who was not Muslim but was Ooh. Arab right and so uh, I remember her shit talking about him <laughs> during one of our like private <laughs> Islamic slash Arabic lessons and I was just like yo he he's not gonna hear this is he um, yeah, and uh, she also, I mean, she gave me food at her house, which was nice. And she also gave me answers to lots of tests. So I learned that cheating was okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know. It's halal. <laughs> if the Islamic teacher gives you the answers, it's fine. <laughs> oh, man. Um, When I was, uh, I what grade was I in? Like, I really did. So we also did, like, besides, like, 
my Quran teachers I had like actually like an Islamic like Friday school that I would go to and like throughout the years our teachers would change right um and I remember the year that we used to um so we used to be like mixed boys and girls from like kindergarten to like I think it's like the fifth grade or fourth sixth mm-hmm. grade maybe and then I remember like the next year it was just like girls and boys and oh, I yeah, was suddenly like, segregated yeah mm-hmm. and I was like but my friends, because I was friends with all these people in my class, like, they went to my school, like, I saw them every day, I saw them every weekend, because we went to these classes together, um, and so I was like, all my friends are gone, you know, and not that I didn't have friends there in my girls' class as well, but, like, still, you know, and then I just remember that, like, we would meet in, like, the people's houses, and the boys would meet in, like, the mosque, which is, like, a big, nice, pretty room mm-hmm. with, like, windows. You see outside, it's so pretty. And, like, we're meeting in, like, people's houses. And who knows how they decorate their houses. Some of them are really bad at decorating. <laughs> yeah, it's um, true, by the way. But um, I did have a teacher. She was, she's, like, I love her. She's really great. Um, she's actually Bengali. And she's married to a Turkish man. Um, and so she, like, she was very hardcore in her Islam, but at the same time, she was, like, very, like, open with, like, things that we would want to talk about, right, which is always great, um, but I remember this one time we were talking about how to, like, appropriately dress, and I was one of the few who, like, did not cover my hair, so, like, we don't cover our hair in the class, but, like, everyone knows, like, who covers their hair, right, and so she's like, all right, guys, next class, I want you to come in with, like, what you think is an appropriate dress to wear, you know, and so I wore, like, a loose-fitting, like, booty shorts. (laughs) Yes, that is exactly what I did. (laughs) I wore, like, a loose-fitting, like, long shirt top thing. It went past my, like, past my mid-thigh, and I was wearing jeans underneath it. You know, like, I would never wear that outside, but, like, you know, to be modest for her standards. Um, So I came in, and then, and then, like, we would do, like, everyone would stand up and, like, show what they were wearing, and people would, like, critique them, right? So I stood up, and then... (laughs) Wow. And she was like... RuPaul's Drag Race is in the Friday, <laughs> Friday school or fashion school? Both. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. And she was like... She was like, all right, guys, what do we think of this? And I was oh, like, you know what? Man. I think this is pretty lit. Not gonna lie. And she was like, she's like, you know, it's kind of tight around your, like, bum area. And I was like, literally, girl, if you think this is tight, like, I don't know what you've been seeing in the world, okay? So you're gonna have a heart attack when you go to France. <laughs> See, like, that's the thing, and it was just, like, it was a funny time, because I, like, I, like, was laughing about it inside my head, but I didn't want to laugh out loud, because, like, she seemed very serious about it. Oh, yeah. And I was, like, I was, like, okay. She also told me that I shouldn't wear, not me specifically, she told the class, that you're not supposed to wear, like, like, dangly jewelry, or, like, or, like, things that make noises, because you're not supposed to, like, draw attention to yourself, and I was, like, bitch, what? (laughs) I have my... (laughs) I have my bracelet. Um, uh, I mean, dress code was all, yeah, dress code, dress codes were were funny to talk about. I remember uh, asking, like, uh, when when I, like, needed to pray, because, like, they would tell you, make sure that the shorts are under your knees. knees. Yeah. And I'm like, why? (laughs) Like, my thighs aren't that attractive. Like, they're nice. But, like, (laughs) like, I don't think... All the men in the mosque are being gonna be like, damn, like I'm distracted now from look like Look at Ernest's thighs. Yeah, look at my thighs. Like, you don't know how much repressed homosexuality exists in these mosques. Well, hello. You can't be sure. <laughs> <laughs> if the mosque but you, you mean go, if the mosque you, you go to, we can understand that there's a I lot. mean like but like <clears throat> if you don't really like go to the mosque, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to the mosque to pray, okay? I'm not 
not look I'm not shopping <laughs> there but like um but like no like you go and like I always found it annoying because it's like it's hot in the Emirates and I want to wear shorter shorts for the weather and they're like no because you need to pray today and it's like okay but like I don't own shorts that go below my knees because they're ugly because they're ugly so ugly you know, if, if that's what you wear, power to you. Uh, but, um... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry if anyone likes I mean, those. like, maybe you like cargo shorts and they look good on you. I don't know. Uh, I know. But, <laughs> uh, you know, but, like, so then I'd end up, like, just having to wear jeans or, like, they'll give you a towel to, like, pray. Yeah. I'm like, really? Is that, like, extra half an inch the big deal? It's like, no, it's not. It's not the big deal. And um, I remember asking one time, like, okay, but, like, you know, like, girls need to cover everything. So why is it that, like, girls need to cover everything, but I just only need to, like, cover the legs and stuff? And then, like, my Islamic dude without fear, she's like, sir, you do not have breasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And at the time, I was chubby. I'm like, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's funny, too, because, like, I was always told to, like, like, in my family, like, we pray like I can wear pants and pray and like I don't know I was just always taught that I was fine but like I go to other people's houses and I pray and they're like they offer me like those skirt things to like cover my the shape of my legs and I'm like oh god forbid the shape shows <laughs> yeah I'm like I'm like girl okay sure dude and like because it makes them more comfortable I'll do that but it really it doesn't it's not fair guys you know like I have to like come to the mosque all like bundled up in like so many pieces of cloth and like it's fucking hot as shit in Saudi all right and we go to the mosque like every day for Ramadan I fast the whole day I'm like crying and I'm like I just want to eat my food I want to go to sleep and then we go to the mosque and it's hot as shit because there's so many people and the women's section sucks because it's no because like we have separate sections like there's like and depending on which mosque you go to there's like Sometimes there's a wall or sometimes yeah. there's just like a barricade or sometimes there's even just a separate room. Yeah. But like usually they're always smaller than yeah. the men's area and yeah. usually they're like not as nice. Like, you know, yeah. they don't have AC or like, you know, like shit like that. And I'm just like, excuse me? Uh-huh. Well, excuse me. well they, they don't want to squeeze you. That's the point. They put you away. I don't want them to squeeze me either. I know. Ooh. Have you seen those guys? <laughs> yeah. So, right. so I have the story where I'm not sure if you guys have that. What's what's the thing, the the bulge on your feet i forget what the part is called like your ankle no no no. like the bulging part like this part. a bunion no no no, no. <laughs> you know the 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 bone the okay, bone that yeah, sticks yeah. out like at your feet so like we've been taught since childhood i don't know why but supposedly you're supposed to fold your pants above that oh above that line when you're praying for some reason wait wait what I've never heard that. You've never heard that? Why? Yeah. Why? What would happen if you folded it below? No, supposedly there's a quote in the Quran or the Hadith where it's like... There's nothing. I, I don't know. Supposedly... What do they quote, say? They say that uh, keeping your having your clothes hang below that is a sign of uh, arrogance or something. And it's really How weird. does that even connect? I have no clue. And this is something... I mean, I mean I've mean, i always worn my pants below and I'm, all, and I'm arrogant, so maybe we're just... <laughs> like, low-key sames, but like... <laughs> but like, in Bangladesh, this is a pretty big thing. We're really? in the mosque and everything, and when people that. are praying, they always fold their pants above that line. Actually, no. I've seen that, but I just thought it was like a thing, like people came from doing wudu and they would like... Because after because they were folded up, yeah, yeah. But like they no, kept it like that. Well, like it's a no cultural thing, changed. yeah. I, I think it's a cultural thing. I've never heard that. So, I'm shook it. As bad as this is, I was in. Uh, I don't know if you guys do. You ever pray with socks? Yeah, 
Yeah, so, like, you can wear socks, but, like, it has to be above? Yeah. No, no, no. Socks are fine. It's just your, your, your pants, pants are... Your pants can't, like, hang. What, your hang pants, low. and supposedly, hang like, it. even the... So, the so, so, so the threat to livelihood and, like, the entrance to heaven is how much your clothes hang. Yeah. It's a fa- so it's a fashion statement. Basically. And, and, <laughs> listen, this isn't even the worst part. <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys... Uh, so I was at a Sufi shrine once. Yeah. And I was there with my dad, and it's uh, my, my grandfather's buried, like, near the shrine. Yeah. So we went to pay respects to his grave and stuff, and I was walking through the sh- shrine, and I was, you know, paying respects to the Sufi saint who was there. Mm. One of the people at the shrine, they walk up to me, and they bend down, and I'm like... Holy shit, what's happening? The guy folds my pants no above way. the line. Oh my god, that's intense. He did that, and I'm like, what is happening? And I, the I, guy stands yeah. up and he's like, you have to keep your pants below that line. When you're at, when you're praying above that praying, line. Above. Sorry, you have to keep your pants above that line. When you're praying. When you're praying or whatever. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, so I have two stories. One is like, it's not like uh, an Islamic story because, but like because of the cemetery, it reminded me. So uh, I went uh, to go pay the respects to my, my grandfather on a day with, with my dad and my sister. And so we were walking through the cemetery and um, I hear this like buzzing motor behind me and I turn around and it's a guy on a motorcycle driving through the cemetery. And like he went and like he like honked at me to like move so that he can like go past me and like he was driving like through the grave. And I was like, wow, Google Maps has gotten really efficient <laughs> at finding shortcuts. Oh my god. Wow. That's um, awful. Yeah, That's yeah. So bad. Now the second story has to do with the stress code. Uh, so I was with my dad at like a bank, right? Yeah. In, in in Beirut. And um, so I was wearing like I was wearing shorts, normal oh, shorts. I remember this story. Right? And so like I oh, yeah. so I was just sitting down and I put one leg over the other leg. Mm-hmm. I thought everything was fine. These, these shorts, okay, were like jersey shorts that went to my knees. And when like I'm sitting down, they, they actually do go below my knees. Yes. Yeah. So like it's supposed to be safe, right? But no, I was crossing I was crossing my legs. So this guy comes up to me and uh, basically the translation is is like, you know, you can't sit that way, or we won't know the difference between men and women, and uh, you need to like respect yourself and this is like this is the collapse of society and I'm looking at him I'm like do you see how much hair is on my legs <laughs> do you see my face do you really think anybody would mistake me for a woman you know like you're like and but like you can't say anything to like the seven year old man who's like committed that like you're as so I just I just you know kept sitting there with my legs crossed like looking at him <laughs> oh. so that's very intense yeah I, I you know usually this happens where like there's like that much older guy and he just sees something wrong that you and your wildest dreams could have not imagined was a fucking problem. My guy wasn't old actually. He was this 30 year old dude. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> that literally makes no sense. He was one of the, uh, we call them murids of the saint. Oh, he's yeah. one of the followers of the saint. So he's trying to, you know, mm-hmm. spread the militant respect. Militant respect. So he's very militant about his spread well, of respect. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I was so, I was listening to, like, this, um, uh, like, this sheikh on YouTube. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, and this was, like, when I was doing my research about, like, coming out and yeah. stuff like that. And so he was talking about how uh, it used to be when a sheikh walks down, a, walks down the street and, like, a couple was holding hands, they would stop holding hands. 
because they wanted to respect the sheikh. Uh, or like they were kissing, they'd stop kissing. Now, when they see me, they kiss on purpose. <laughs> Are you trying to pull I would him? totally <laughs> do that. But like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, lit. I would totally do that just to you because of the way you're acting, you know? And then he was like, and then I was on the plane and I saw these two men and, uh, you know, they were, they, they were both uh, very nice and I, I, I said hi and I asked them what their names were and he was like, and I asked the first brother, what's your name? And he gave me a Muslim name. And I asked the other brother, what is your name? And he gave me a Muslim name. I said, oh, are you brothers? Friends? And they're like, no, we're, we're a couple. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, I have one question for you. How does it work? <laughs> and the guy told him, uh, take your biggest fear. And multiply it by a million. <laughs> you know what that question reminds me of? I, I don't know how many of our listeners watch The Office, but there's an episode where... Oh, yeah, where Dwight and Angela, Angela are asking, asking Toby. Oscar. Oscar. They're asking Toby. They're asking Toby. They're like, when like when two gay guys have sex, whose who penis, who penis opens, opens the- up? To accept the other penis. <laughs> Just that visual. Along those same lines, if any of you guys alien. watch Shameless, um, oh, oh, no. Shameless. Um, my, there's an episode where we're like, with the one of the the brothers, he's like pretty young. He's like learning about like gay that gay people exist, even though his brother is gay. Um, <laughs> oh and he's like pretty open about it. Yeah. But then he's like curious about sex, right? Because he's like you know he's a teenager, he's going through puberty, and so he's like asking all these people like, how does gay sex work, right? And then he asks his friend who's the same age as him, this like really weird guy. Like this is a weird family, by the way. If you if you know Shameless, <laughs> yeah. um, and so his friend is like he like, <clears throat> so so the the brothers like. Wait, so like how do gay people have sex and then and then his friends like like yeah dude don't you know like when gay guys get horny their pee holes open up and i was like what <laughs> oh man it was so bad i was like mm, no honey man that would be a nature documentary to remember oh god <laughs> it's kind of like shape of the water and his uh shape of water yeah. shape of water and his crazy yeah like merman up penis. and, and t- uh, oh man <laughs> uh special um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's always just, like, funny things that people care about that always cause problems, always, always. Yeah. My my sister, one time we were, um, we were in, like, a, like a family gathering in Lebanon, and so uh, we were at these people's place, uh, like, at their house, and so she was sitting, like, one leg over the other, like, she was cross-legged, and then, uh, and, like, my sister was wearing, like, a full-on sweater, like up to her neck and jeans and, and sneakers. You couldn't see anything, okay? And so she she's sitting across like a, then the adan goes off. And this and this uh, and like the woman at, at the house who was wearing like stiletto six inch heels and like a low cut dress and like skin fitting everything seriously told her Habibti when when the adan is going, don't don't cross your legs. Hello. That doesn't even make sense. And, and like, my sister's just like looking at her like, bitch, <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> Isn't like crossing a, a, yeah, a, like modest, it's, it's a modest position thing. for women? Like, I don't understand. I don't. It's I'm, closing your, you know. Your thingy. <laughs> your no, thingy. It, it, it was just, it's just like people try to find these things 
And I guess maybe they're just important to certain people and not important to others. But that's why it should be like, you just do you. Yeah, you do like you, you don't boo. tell people what to no. do. No. <laughs> no, boo. I don't, I don't like an experience tagline. Thank you. You do you, boo. You no. don't like an experience tagline? <laughs> no. But yeah, you do you, boo. <laughs> yeah. What a time to be alive, man. Yeah. So, uh... I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. We decided <laughs> so, to end with a little lightness. A little, little lightness, bit of humor. Uh, so times. I think where we ended up is, you know, what is a Muslim? And uh, what a Muslim is, is whatever you think it is. And Essentially. If, if you think you are a Muslim, then you're a Muslim. And Hopefully. no one has and be happy. And, uh, no and, one has a right to tell you otherwise. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and if you're like, what about those terrorists? Are they Muslims? They say they're Muslims? They're, they're Muslims. Muslims. But that's good because it means that being Muslim is not a defining factor of who you are. Yeah. You are you. You're the important part. And those people are bad people. And if you're trying to be a good person, Yay awesome. you. You do you, boo. Okay. Power to you. <laughs> so uh, that's our podcast. Thank you for listening. We know we definitely have one unique listener. Yes. L slash borderline M slash C. We hope you keep listening thank to you our so podcast. Much. Yeah, thank you so much for your comment. We, As, you, as uh, the comment requested, we posted uh, our email. So please send emails if you have you know, questions, questions comments. Please. Critiques. Critiques are all good. We're uh, open to hate Respectful have funny, critiques. Yeah, respect, if you have funny Islamic stories... That would be great, like Islamic uh, class stories or just funny things that happen to you. That'd also be great. We might feature them in the podcast. Yeah. And if you're incapable of being respectful, you know what? We're open to hate mail as well. Yeah, yeah, we like we're hate mail. To we yeah, like hate mail. We're, yeah, Actually, we're we'll, we'll give an award if like... If yeah, you're we'll ha- have like the best hate mail comment. Hater of the week. Hater, Hater of, of the week. And you will get a special prize. Assuming yeah. that we have multiple people emailing us yeah. per week. Mm. We're being a little optimistic here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Hater we got one comment and like it just went to our heads. <laughs> You know, so thank you, thank you again so much for listening. Uh, Take care of yourselves. Please subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes uh, or wherever you get podcasts, but not yet because we're not everywhere. And uh, you know, rate us. Yes. And uh, five stars because I'm awesome. Yes, because that's just awesome. Five (laughs) stars, no less. Uh, And uh, you know, have a good one. Bye. Bye, Bye, guys. guys.